Hey, good morning. Welcome to Valentine's Day weekend here at the City Church. My name is Neil. I'm the pastor here. And today I'm going to talk about Jacob's Cupid Crush. Jacob's Cupid Crush. Jacob had to wait for a long time for his wife. And so today I want to talk to you about waiting. What does it look like to wait? Are you good at waiting? Do you enjoy waiting for things? In, uh, are you good at waiting for seasons to change? Are you good at waiting for something that was promised to you and to sit around and wait? Um, as a society, we don't like waiting. I, I was just thinking about this message this week, and, and uh, on my way home, one thing that I noticed was there was this guy that was weaving in between traffic and going over the no-passing lines, like at a 5 o'clock uh, in a lot of busy traffic. He's going over the no passing, just trying to get around this car that's going probably close to the speed limit. He just couldn't wait anymore, <laughs> just flying, going in the head-on traffic, like whatever it takes, I am sick of waiting. We aren't really great at waiting, are we? Everything's pretty instant. We love instant things. We love uh, fast food. We love getting... Um, you know, you can instantly apply for credit and all of a sudden you got $10,000 in your bank account that you're going to have to pay 29.9% interest on, but you have it and it's instant, isn't it? So today I'd like to talk about what it looks like to wait on Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh is the name of God that we're discussing this month. And so Jehovah means that he is the great I am. He's the only one that's called Jehovah. And the other name, Jehovah Jireh, Jireh means that he will provide. He will provide. He's already provided for our life now, and he will provide for a life in the future. He's going to continue to provide. So whatever God's provided for, he will continue to provide. He is Jireh, the great provider. Have you ever noticed that God's timing is not your timing, though? And I think that's the hardest part with God is the Bible says that a day is of, as a thousand years to God. Like, geez, or a thousand years is a day to God. His timing is just all over the place. God is not concerned with our timing in our timelines. So if you're a strategic planner and you love writing down when you want things to happen and at this time in your life, this is going to happen... Sometimes we just sit around and we are waiting for God to provide. God's timing is so different than ours. And you see that in the story of Jacob today, that he has to wait. He has to wait for his wife. And that's tough today, isn't it? To actually wait for, for somebody that is going to be our lifelong partner, our spouse in life, and, and to, to wait for that. It's really easy to try to force that to happen. I think that's one of the main things that, that is really easy to try to force God's hand in. <laughs> and, and sometimes you have to wait. And so you see that in the story of Jacob. We're going to be looking at Jacob 29, 1. And uh, in, this, in this chapter, we're, we're picking it up because Jacob, he, what he did is he couldn't wait to have the birthright. And so he ended up stealing Esau's birthright. He wasn't content with being Esau's little brother. So he had to steal Esau's birthright and his blessing. 
And so ever since Jacob did that, his mom was in cahoots with him and, and helped him do that. And so they go in on this. They, they conspire to fool their dad, to fool her husband, so that her younger son actually gets the older son's birthright. And so he actually does get to receive that. And in Isaac, Jacob's dad actually blesses Jacob with the blessing of a father as the oldest son. He gives him the oldest son's blessing. Well, this kind of causes a lot of family drama. And so Jacob actually has to leave town. His mom says, I want my son Jacob to marry a different type of woman than my older son Esau. And she says, there's no women in this town that are good enough for my son here. Send him away to another town to go find a different lady. And so Jacob leaves his family, his family uh, city and goes off to another city to find his wife. And so you're going to see Jacob coming across his Cupid's crush, the one that he is uh, in love with. And so let's look at Genesis 29, 1. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then uh, we'll jump right in. God, we thank you that you're a God that um, isn't uh, so concerned with our timing, that you have uh, specific plans and desires and purposes for our life, and, and um, they happen in your timing. And so, Lord, I just pray for every single one of us that are listening to this, including myself, God, that you would just highlight the different things that you want to say, that we'd get everything out of this message that you have designed it for, that this would be perfect timing. Wow, I needed to hear that this morning. Yeah, just speak directly to our hearts, Lord. I just choose to get out of your way. Holy Spirit, would you just, would you just encounter us this morning as we, um, as we dive into this and, and we learn about your specific plans and your timing and how it's just perfect? Yeah, come Holy Spirit. Speak through me. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to be looking at Genesis 29, 1. And we're just going to read Genesis 29, 1 through 2. It says, Then Jacob continued on his journey and came to the land of the eastern peoples. There he saw a well in the open country with three flocks of sheep lying, lying near it. And because the flocks were watering, <laughs> because the flocks were watered from that well, the stone over the mouth of the well was large. And so Jacob is sent off by his mom to a different country, and he comes across this other country of the Eastern's people. And his mom says, we know some people there. This would be a great place to find a wife. And so he's on this mission to, to find his spouse. I think uh, a lot of us have, have been on that mission, and maybe you know, the Eastern peoples and, and going to a watering well may look like going to watering wells uh, on Friday and Saturday nights. And you're trying to find that, that right one. Well, this is Jacob. He's looking for Cupid's crush. He's, he's looking for this next lady that's going to be his lifelong partner. And so he heads out and uh, let's pick it up in verse, let's see, verse 9. It says, while he was still talking to them, Rachel came with, her, with his father's sheep. So he's talking to these other shepherds, and here comes this woman with the sheep, and she's getting ready to give her sheep water. 
in verse, uh, in verse 11, when Jacob saw Rachel, in verse 11, look at what he did. It says, then Jacob kissed Rachel. So it's, it's the very first time that he's ever met this girl, and he decides to kiss her, okay? This is the one. This is it. This is what I've been waiting for. So he comes to her, and he kisses her. And then he began to weep aloud. So, <laughs> I mean, what lady doesn't want a guy that's going to see her and then fall to the ground and start weeping at how beautiful she is? He just falls in love. This is like, you know, that heart shot arrow right directly to the heart. This is the one. She is the one. Rachel, you are it. He falls to the ground and weeps and thanks God that he's been sent to the Eastern people to find his beautiful, beautiful wife. This guy's got it bad, doesn't he? He was supposed to get a wife, and he's on a mission from his mama, and uh, he comes across this beautiful woman and falls in love. So Jacob talked to uh, Laban, which is Rachel's dad, and says, I have to have her. You know, that, that conversation that the guys say before they put a ring on, on a young girl's finger is, you know, can I, can I have your daughter in marriage? And so Jacob comes to Laban and says, I got a bat. Like, I have to have her. I, I, I need her in my life. What do I have to do to have her as my wife? So Laban says this. And, and if you ask me, I think Laban saw an opportunity here. <laughs> he says, okay, I would much rather have her go to you than some, some other people. And so here's what I would love to do is go ahead and work for me for seven years. Okay? Seven years of your life. Devote it to working for me. And then I will give you her as your wife. Oh, is that all? Is that it? Just, just seven years? I have to have her. You fell to the ground. You are so in love. Your heart is overjoyed that you have found the woman of your dreams. And then her dad says, yeah, just stick around for seven years. Waiting is tough. Waiting is so hard. Knowing that God will provide is one thing. And, and the beginning to have faith that God is the great provider is one thing. But then when you see something that you really, really want, and then it's just wait seven years. You know, wait seven years. And in fact, devote your life to working for me for seven years, and then I will give you my daughter. Just put yourself in Jacob's shoes. He fell to the ground. He is in love with this woman. And her dad says, just stick around for seven years and work for me for free. And then I'm going to give you. So you're going to work for her for seven years of your life. That's a long time, isn't it? The thing with waiting is it builds value for what you're waiting for, doesn't it? 
So those seven years of Jacob's life of working for Laban, it's, it's building a value. You see Rachel walk across and she's walking across the field and she's, she's feeding the sheep. And, you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking like, I can't wait until she is my wife. And so like this waiting, it, it built a value for, for Rachel. Jacob never fell out of love. He never thought like twice about, man, I am working so hard just for her. Like his, his value for her just kept increasing because sometimes when we really want something and God's promised us something, then we're even on a mission to like pursue what God has promised us. And then, and then we, are told it's going to be seven years later. <laughs> that waiting, it builds a value for when that actual breakthrough comes, doesn't it? So as we wait, we're waiting in anticipation. And so Jacob is waiting. He can't wait to have her as his wife. And so he built up this value. Rachel is his prized possession. She's everything he has ever wanted in a woman. And so he waits and he works for seven years diligently. So what the Bible says is that he put his heart and soul in working for Laban so that he could receive Rachel. Well, the time has finally come for Jacob to receive his wife. In verse, in verse 20 of chapter 29, it says this. So Jacob served seven years to get, his, to get Rachel. Listen to this. You want to talk about a love story. Jacob worked seven years to get Rachel, but they seem like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Wow. We should write that on a card and give it out to everybody as for our Valentines. It seemed like only a few days. Remember earlier we were talking about God and how a thousand years is as a day to him. And now you have Jacob who's worked for seven years, seven years of his life, but they only felt like a couple of days because of his love for her. That waiting process is, is something different when we're, when we're looking in anticipation for what is ahead of us. He didn't walk away. The Bible says that he actually worked diligently for seven years of his life, and, and so he had, he had her in front of him, in front of his sights, that he could, uh, she's going to be my wife. Verse 21 says this, Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife. My time is complete, and I want to make love to her. Right? It's been seven years you've been working for this woman. It's time, Laban. It's, it's time for me to receive my wife. It's time to receive that prize. Yeah, it may have felt like only a couple days, but my love for her has never went away. I'm ready to take her as my wife. Look at what Laban does, though. Jacob's worked for him for seven years, and what Laban does is this. Is Laban throws a gigantic party saying that Jacob's getting married. He doesn't say to who. <laughs> You're getting married. We're excited. It's been seven years. Let the festivities begin. And so he throws this gigantic party, and the food and the wine are flowing. And then he sends Jacob to his tent. And then he sneaks his older daughter, Leah, into the tent at night with Jacob. 
So Jacob wakes up in the morning and goes, this is not Rachel. <laughs> this is Leah. And so Laban actually says, well, you know, it's really not a, a good custom of ours to give away our younger daughter first. So I'm actually going to give you my older daughter. But then you can also have Rachel for another seven years of your life. So he's received Leah as his wife now, and he's married to Leah. But then Laban says, I will also give you Rachel as your wife. But you got to commit to another seven years. He tricked them. Laban's a tricky guy. And so is Jacob, right? They both have kind of tricked people out of things in the past. And so Jacob signs up for another seven years for Rachel. 14 years of his life devoted to receiving his wife. What a love story, isn't it? What a love story of, of a man who just fell to the ground completely in love, infatuated with the wife he's going to receive. He's even duped out of receiving her when the time frame came that he, they said that it was going to happen. And then he gets to receive her 14 years of his life devoted to receiving his wife and working for his wife. This story is so unheard of today, isn't it? It's so unheard of to, to work so hard and so long for something. 14 years, 14 days is a long time. You're talking like 14 weeks? 14 months. No, Jacob devotes 14 years of his life to receive his wife. Jehovah Jireh is the great provider. He is the great provider and he does provide for us. But his provision comes in so many seasons of waiting. It comes through waiting. His provision, his time frames are so different than ours. And so God is always providing for us. He loves us so much that just that love that Jacob had for Rachel, that seven years felt like a couple of days. The Lord loves us so much that he knows what's best for us. And so like, even though it's not in our time frame, it's in his time frame because he is the good father. And he knows what he's doing behind the scenes. He knows what he's preparing us for. He knows what our past looks like. And so some of the things that he's working through to get us prepared for our future. He is the great provider. And his time frame doesn't always line up to ours. And if we're really honest, thank God that that happens. Because so many times I want something now that God is saying, hey, I'm going to hold off for that for a while because what it will do is it'll build value for you. It'll build value in what I'm about to bless you in. So be content in what I've given you and then let the value build in what you're going to be blessed with. His timing is very different. You see this in the story of Jacob today. 
So many times, too, that when I've thought, and I am waiting for this, I'm waiting for this to happen, it's crossed arms and closed doors. Uh, well, I guess I'm just waiting for God to break through in this area. Well, I guess I'm waiting for God to just like do some miracle in my finances. Well, I guess I'm just waiting for God to do something miraculous in my marriage. Well, I guess I'm just waiting for God to like do something awesome in my family. Well, you know, I've been praying for it and it just hasn't happened. I guess it's just not God's timing. But you see this in the story of Jacob that the word waiting does not mean idle. The word waiting actually means waiting with anticipation. It means that if there's something that we're waiting for, we can actually participate in being proactive with what God wants to bring. Waiting does not mean crossed arms and closed doors. I'm done with this. I've given up on it. That is not waiting. Waiting means, God, I'm going to be content with what you've given me right now, but I'm still in anticipation. I see the dream that you have for me. Would you continue to prepare me for that? In those seven years, Jacob's heart changed for Rachel. She was his wife. There was no place he was going to go. And he's got seven years in, so therefore, what's another seven years? So, of course, he'll pay 14 years because he's already paid the seven. You're not going to walk away from something that's seven years of investment, are you? And so when we wait for something, we're waiting with anticipation and we're proactive and we're building value in what God has prepared for us. He is Jehovah Jireh. And I just want to say something to the ladies in, in the, that are listening today. You're worth waiting for. You know, if somebody's told you different, you are so worth waiting for. You know, if somebody's tried to pressure you that you're not worth waiting, that's you are worth waiting for. You're worth the stories of Jacob in the Bible that somebody that says, you know what, you're so beautiful and they fall to the ground and weep at how beautiful God has made you. Look for that guy. Look for that guy because when your schedule is filled with a bunch of people that aren't worth waiting for you, that guy can't get into the schedule. It looks like you're already taken. So feel free to wait. Feel free to wait. And then it opens up doors for the people like Jacob that want to love you the rest of your life. You are worth waiting for. Like, let that sink in. You are so worth waiting for. You're worth the 14 years of investment of somebody. There are plenty of guys out there that would love you the way that Jacob loves Rachel. So wait. Wait. That's my invite this week. Is whatever you feel pressured in, whatever you feel stressed in, I know for me, waiting comes with frustration. So whatever you're frustrated in today, remember he's Jehovah Jireh and Sometimes his timing is so different than ours that we have to wait. And that's good. Just let him do whatever he wants to do. If it's not finished, then he's not done with it yet. So wait. Be blessed. Have a beautiful Sunday afternoon. And thank you so much for tuning in to um, City Church. We, we're just so blessed to have you as, as part of this church. 
Uh, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning, anytime that you can make it at our 9 or 1030 services. But let me just, uh, let me just pray for us as we leave today. God, thank you so much that, that we can just trust you in the process. We can trust you to be Jehovah Jireh. Yeah, I just want to invite you, um, even right now, that, wow, today's a brand new day that you can just choose to wait. If you haven't waited in the past and, and you've even like pushed things along that you knew weren't right, <laughs> maybe it's relationships, maybe it's careers, whatever it may be, just like pushing it along and trying to force it to happen. If you've done that in the past, today's a brand new day that you can just wait. God wants to build his spirit inside of us of patience and long-suffering, gentleness and goodness, that we're, we're patient with him in the process. And, and that comes through the Holy Spirit flowing and living in us. And so, um, Holy Spirit, for every single one of us that, that really struggle with waiting and being patient with you, Holy Spirit, would you just fill those voids the things that we're trying to make happen right now, Lord, would we just take our hands off of it? We just release them over to you. And would you give us the fruit of the Spirit, which is patience? Would you fill each one of us up with more patience, less frustration, and more patience? Less stress, less burdens, and more patience. In Jesus' name, come Holy Spirit right now. Amen. Be blessed. See you soon.